Cincinnati. Welcome to episode 232 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast. My name's Paul Hirons, and um, I think you're probably the sick, sick of the sound of me, really, over the past week. Uh, after we spoke uh, on Tuesday, I'm, I'm sure a lot of you uh, are aware that uh, the Bengals UK group that uh, went to Cincinnati last week uh, was featured uh, in the uh, most recent episode of From the Jungle, as was I, and I was on Breakfast TV and Mo Eggers' radio show on Thursday. So, yeah, probably sick of the sound of me, and I wouldn't blame you, quite frankly. So I think I need to bring in my uh, my uh, gin to my tonic, Nathan Palmer. Nathan, welcome back. You too. How are you, my son? It's it's a pleasure to be on with you now. Your newfound fame and glory. So I'm, I'm it's an honour to share the mic with you this evening. <laughs> well, um, what did you think? Do you, you obviously watch the episode? What did you think? Was that... Oh, fantastic! I'm, I'm extremely jealous, but I'm you know also so happy for yourself. You know, you put so much into this community over the last God. It's got to be nearly ten years now, building it up, doing all the work behind the scenes, editing the podcast. You know, sort of coordinating and facilitating the relationship with touchdown trips to make the things like that happen and take people out there and stuff. And you know, it's thoroughly well deserved for yourself, but also just fantastic for all of those fans that have spent their hard-earned money and time and whatever going over there and enjoying it meeting the players you know being toured around the stadium walking yeah uh, you know watching the walk through extremely extremely happy for everyone and you know just such a great great encapsulation in some ways of you know what bengals uk has become since you know a few of us met up in a pub about 10 12 years ago that you know you'd have a group of 35 people that have made the trip out there on the pitch and you know doing all sorts and being featured in that episode so yeah just an extraordinary achievement um and amazing for everyone and DJ says hello as well. Um, anyway, um, yes, no, I agree with you. It's it's quite a thing, isn't it, that they they um, that they take us seriously and uh, well, not seriously, but you know what I mean. They they kind of value us, and why wouldn't they? We're fans, international fans, and it's good for them to be seen to to be engaging with um, fan bases, different types of fan bases. Um, so yeah a fantastic experience i need to say hello and thank you to a few people i want to say a big up to uh grant and to isaac and to Haley, who worked on the episode uh they all three of them were an absolute joy to work with those are the guys that film it and edit it and put it all together uh, fantastically talented and lovely people so thank you to grant isaac and Haley. um who else do I need to say thank you to? Uh, thanks to Bengal Jim Foster and his legendary tailgate who uh, catered for us, kept us watered and fed throughout the whole tailgating uh, process. Um, 
incredible to see how that has grown into something. Well, as I say, I, I, I'm not sure if you can talk, call it a tailgate anymore, Nathan. You'll see when you get there next next month. But it's more like a mini festival. It's insane. The atmosphere's off the chain, and you, you know, you're getting like two couple of thousand people there, really. So, um, just a fantastic experience for our guys to to well to experience that really. And of course. Uh, we also got to see a few of the other smaller tailgates, which is kind of more traditional, I guess you'd call it, in in their nature. Um, I want to <laughs> at Bengal Gyms check this out, uh, Nathan. Um, so uh, someone, came, one of our group, came up to us and said, um, "There's someone who wants to meet you, and he says you're his hero." Now I don't get called a hero very often. Uh, I would suggest this man needs to get out a little bit more if he does consider me a hero. But I did meet the man, and his name is Ron Huber, right? And apparently he is a distant relation of of Kev Huber, because obviously that was the first question I asked. But uh, Ron is a very talented man. Um, he he kind of customises cars and trucks, right? And at uh, Bengal Jim's tailgate... Um, he had a, on display, he'd bought his Ford F-150 truck with him, which he'd completely customised. It's completely one of a kind. He'd done it out like in a Hall of Fame theme, basically. So um, I don't know anything about cars or anything like that. Um, but um, he was showing me the interior, and it's almost like he's done it like a in a pigskin style, football style. So the interior is like this pigskin leather it's all very plush and posh, and uh, Ron, uh, he listens to the podcast every week, Nathan. He listens to you and me and, c- and considers me a new hero. So um, uh, a big shout-out to Ron. Uh, would you like to say hello to Ron? I think that would oh, make absolutely. his day. Yeah, Ron, thank you so much for listening, mate. It's an absolute pleasure um, to have you there, and I'd love to see this this beautiful motor of yours uh, when I'm over there in a month's time. So, yeah, solid motor. I also went, Nathan, to... Uh, the um, Mount Adams Bar and Grill because I wanted to pay tribute. I've been thinking about this for a couple of years now. I'd like to pay tribute to Greg Cook. And if you don't know who Greg Cook is, look it up because he was a superstar quarterback of the late 1960s, could well have been a Hall of Famer for us. Everyone was talking about him in complete you know, awe. And certainly his first rookie season was just extraordinary. Um, who knows how many championships we would have won with Greg Cook, but unfortunately he got badly injured and his base, his career was over. He led a you know an up and down life, shall we say? Um, and I wanted to pay tribute, so I went. I, I made a few inquiries, and apparently he used to hang out at this place called Mount Adams Bar and Grill, and I went to that place and I ate lunch there and I met the owner or co-owner Pat Shepard who was lovely she um, sat down with me and told me lots of stories about Greg and what he was like etc um, so that was a really incredible experience I want to say uh, thank you to Pat and there's loads really the people that I met and the people that treated us as a group so well um, I want to say a huge thank you and hopefully we'll be back next year but Nathan as as we mentioned, it's back to business now, isn't it? It's 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 business time. Slightly sobering as well. Um, I know. Let's bring it back the, down to earth. 
after all the positivities, your trip, and obviously the result, you know, I didn't get to chime in on the result last week against the Bills, but exceptional performance from the Bengals. And unfortunately now, you know, we're back together. We've got to get down to the nitty gritty and, you know, pull some bones out of the carcass that was oh that was last night. Whenever you use the word carcass, you know it's going to be bad, don't you, really? Um, all right, let's get some reaccione. Reaccione, reaccione, ole, 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 reaccione. Yes, the Cincinnati Bengals 27, the Houston Texans 30 on a walk-off field goal. Have a bit of that. Bish, bang, bosh. Crazy, stupid game. Um, Not necessarily for the right reasons. Um, I think we all had this down as a win before the season. That is until CJ Stroud got going. Uh, I think my personal feeling was that we should have had enough quality to win this, despite uh, T. Higgins and Sam Hubbard's uh, absence. Uh, But I have to say, I thought Houston outplayed us, really. I thought they were brilliant, absolutely great. That young lad at quarterback is going to be a star if he isn't already. But, yeah, I mean, basically, they played brilliant and we played shit. I think that's 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 my quick-fire hot take from that game. What about you? Yeah, um, I agree. I mean, you've got to look at the Texans. Rookie quarterback, young head coach. They were missing more players than us. You know, Nico Collins was out. The starting running back was out. A couple of big guys on defence. Jimmy Ward, a couple of other blokes. Like, you know, that at home as well for us. You know, I know we're missing T and Sam Hubbard ourselves, but you've got to, you know, really think that that's a game that we should have had. And, yeah, these AFC games, you know, you're going to look back, I think, at the end of this season, wherever we end up, and a game like this at home, and that game against the Titans where we got, you know, walloped. I know, obviously, Joe Boy back then was much more, you know, immobile, etc. But we really are going to look back on some of these games and say, you know, these are opportunities where we've had to really sort of, you know, put, put ourselves in a decent position with the AFC just being an absolute juggernaut. And, you know, at the start of the season, you'd have said this would be an absolute, gimme you know at home against the Texans you six o'clock game you know sure no problem and this is the AFC at the moment isn't it some you know there's not many bad teams you maybe say the Patriots but aside from that there's no obvious teams maybe the Jets but even them you know a bit frisky um we we're really going to look back on these games at the end of the year I think with with a clenched fist but yeah what what did you think where did you think it went wrong because there was quite a few areas but I mean at the end of the day we did only lose by three so where, where yeah, would you sort of it was a mental game wasn't it I don't know where it went wrong I thought offensive line was really bad yesterday making Sheldon Rankins look like Aaron Donald uh Orlando Brown getting beat all over the shop the interior was getting beat all over the shop um, I didn't think Burrow was quite on it yesterday. Made some, actually, for him, poor decisions, you know. Um, uh, obviously, Tyler Boyd with a couple of crucial drops. Everyone's talking about the drop touchdown, yes, but there was another one earlier in the game that was a stone-cold um, catch that he dropped. Um, and then you talk about the defence, bloody hell. I mean, I think um, Jay Morrison put out a tw- um I was going to say put out a twat. Uh, <laughs> that wouldn't be quite right. Put out a stat yesterday saying that, um, uh, yes, the Texans have thrown for 20-plus yards on 35 of 280 attempts this season, second best in the league. And the Bengals have allowed 
and the Bengals have allowed 20-plus yards on 11.5% of opponent attempts, third worst in the league. So, actually, what happened yesterday went went to form, in a way. I just thought we'd have enough quality to, to just to... I thought that the Texans would be frisky. I thought it might be... It had the smell of a high-scoring game to it. It had um, the feel of a close game to it. But I, I honestly thought we'd have enough quality, especially the way we played against the 49ers and the Bills, yeah. two, you know, really established playoff teams. But this this Houston team, you know, um, pretty extraordinary. But, yeah, just you can't allow people like... Um, um, you know, Devin Singleton has been around, you know, five yards a carry, 30 carries for 150 yards. Have you had a laugh? You know, Noah Brown, seven catches for 172 yards. If you're you're having a laugh, any 24.6 yards, a catch average. I mean, it seemed to me that Devin Singletree, every time, I know it's like his average was five, but every there was a few moments when he, every time he touched the ball, he was carrying it for like 10 yards, it seemed. So they were getting big, chunky chunksters on first down and when they needed to on third down I mean Noah Brown was just standing uh, he, he wasn't like he didn't really have to make any contested catches because he was wide open I saw Cheeto get beat a couple of times what the hell Nick Scott was doing in that game yesterday I have no idea um, missed tackle I mean you could go through it man I mean they, those are just some of the things I just didn't think they played well and I, you know that's it uh, and yet, like you said, we'll get onto this in a moment. We could have won that game, and perhaps yeah. should have won it. I mean, where did you see it going wrong yesterday? Do you know what's interesting with the defense is I've always been extremely positive about them, and I do think even yesterday you do have to remember three turnovers. You know, didn't do enough to win the game by any stretch, not even close. But they did. They, did, they are quite good at forcing these turnovers and giving the offense, you know, a short field and a chance, but. You know, you look statistically at the defense, they're giving up a hell of a lot of yards. Yeah, and I think yeah, yeah. at home to give up um, 544 total yards, I mean, that's unforgivable against the talent that's, you know, with the greatest respect to Houston, you know, rookie quarterback, Tank Dell's a rookie, Singletree's a bit, you know, certainly not up there in the upper echelons as running back, you know, he's their backup. Um, Noah Brown is a bit of a journeyman, he's been at the Cowboys before, but he's, he's never been really more than like a number three you know, receiver and behind that, you know, John Mechie, Robert Woods, you know, it's it's not an offense that should come close to sticking up, um, you know, over 500 yards on the road up against a fairly healthy Bengals defense. So I think that you have to point this one at the defense. I don't think the offense, you know, the offense was OK. Um, yeah, but I mean, I mean, bloody hell, they they um, they scored. They look again. They look and this is a bit of a pattern emerging this season. I think they look like a Rolls Royce in the first couple of drives, or in this case, the first drive, and then they just can't do anything. They cannot yeah. do anything. I think after that first touchdown drive, beautiful throw by Joe Boy to Trent and Irwin, lovely, lovely pass, lovely touchdown, and you thought, right, Banjo, we're on the way here. Do you know what I mean? And then, um, and then I think we, I think we punted for mo- most of the next five. Well, not most, but all of the next five possessions, I want to say. And obviously it came alive a little bit in the second half, but, I mean, they struggled a little bit, man. I mean, Mixon couldn't get the run game going yet again. I said the, the offensive line wasn't great. I, don't, whoa, I mean, Jamar was pretty quiet, even, and, and yet he 
racked up five for 124 and a, and a Tudson. So, um, oh dear, I don't know. It's this inconsistency. We are basically, you look at the record with five and four, that spells inconsistency. And that's what we yep. are. We are capable of, of, of steaming into San Francisco and beating the 49ers in their own backyard. We are capable of smacking up the Bills, no problem. But in each of those games, we needed, to, we could and should have put them away a lot earlier than we did. Uh, this, this, we're we're very, we're basically an inconsistent team. You're not quite sure which Bengals are going to turn up at the moment because, but when when good Bengals are turning up, they can beat anyone in the league, and they've proven it. When it's bad Bengals, they lose games like this. Yeah, I agree. And the worrying thing for me as well is there's teams around the league that are really, you know, thin at the moment. They've got quite a lot of injuries around. We've had the odd one or two, but we are, you know, like I've said before, one of the few teams in the league that's got our health, uh, you know, fully um, healthy offensive line, pretty much all our weapons there. I know T's been out here and there for a few games, but, you know, every team around the league's missing players out there at the moment. I think we're one of the healthier teams. You know, you've got the players out there that you want out there. And, yeah, the, the the inconsistency, especially in a game like last night, is slightly maddening. And you're going to get that. That's the beauty of sport, isn't it? You're going to have games yeah, where you course. go up and down and stuff. But in the nicest way possible last night, the Texans, you, you really would have fancied the Bengals to go in there and that be a win that's, you know, 10, 17 points clear. And the result flatters the Bengals, you know, 30-27. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If it wasn't for that, really, and C.J. Stroud played a near-perfect game yesterday. I mean, I, I know he had a couple of fumbles, but you know, on the road, I thought he was just exceptional down a couple of key players, and that interception was a real, you know, rookie mistake from him because it let the Bengals right in the back door. But if he just looks after the football there, that's a comfortable, um, you know, ten. 50 whatever point they uh, win for the Texans which would have been really what they deserved for for the performance they put up but I think yeah I agree you know, I agree consi- I think considering how you know ridiculously tight and competitive the AFC North is and the AFC as a whole like I you know I'm not sure you can look at 10 wins now and say that's going to be enough you know I think you're going to probably need more than that and well, with the we schedule need, we you've got cer- coming up we certainly need to beat um the majority of our divisional rivals, um, which we're capable of, you know, but it's yeah. going to be tough, you know. Each of those teams, even the Steelers, who I still do not know how they are six and three. I do I know, not I know. know. That's fucking mental. It's Mike Tomlin, isn't it? It's yeah, Mike it's old Thomas, isn't it? Um, but you're going back to yesterday. I it just felt a bit off, you know. I mean, Joe Boy was throwing a few balls high, a couple of interceptions in the red zone. Um, I say Tyler Boyd dropping things. That uh, when uh, Cam Taylor Britt, and you just thought the game was over after that second interception. Then Stroud threw that one straight to um, straight to CTB, didn't he? He ran it down inside the five, and you thought, right, band, you know, this is it. This is this is we're going to somehow pull this one out of the bag. And um, and then there was like a weird, I don't know what, a sack, and then a weird run play. And then that was that, and it was just, the play calling down there was. Just, I don't know what was going on. It made me really angry. Yeah. Um, the game was on the line, and they completely screwed up. And um, yeah, I had to settle for a field goal. Um, you know, as you say, Jermaine Pratt with another red zone turnover. That that's something. You know, if we talk about the inconsistency on offenses and as a team as as a whole, 
the red zone turnovers as well. We're masters at red zone forcing turnovers in the red zone. Another one, I thought DJ Turner had a spectacular yep. uh, pass breakup. Hendrickson, a bit of a menace, but there just wasn't enough pressure on Stroud, I didn't think. Um, you've realised what an important player Sam Hubbard is on setting the edges and uh, maybe not the pressure, but kind of, you know, just being so consistent. And, of course, you know, with Hendrickson down now, there's a real possibility that we, we're going to be without both Hendrickson and Old Mother when it comes to this Thursday game against Baltimore. I'm sure we'll talk about that in a, in a, a little while. But, yeah, just lots of... They need to tighten the fuck up. Or else, you know what I mean? It, it's 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 going to be difficult to if you, four to five and five. Okay, it's only half the season. There's plenty of games to be played, plenty of football to be played. Um, but yeah, the inconsistency is really jumping off the page at me uh, this year. I think. No, I agree. And you, you're looking for people with Trey um, and Sam Hubbard at, like going out to step up, and you're not seeing that on the defensive line from people like Joseph Asahi or Miles Murphy or you know Cam Sample. There's been flashes, but you're just not seeing that. Um, you know, really being a threat. It's really been Trey Hendrickson. And I think just insult to injury yesterday, you know, Noah Brown, I don't think it was malicious at all, but the irony that, you know, he's basically completely carved that defence up and then managed to fall into Trey Hendrickson and hyperextend his knee, probably costing him at least two, three weeks. So, you know, that's one of, on that defence at the moment, he's the one guy you don't want to lose. Um, and like I said, the Bengals can't, you know, you lose, got a lot of praise quite rightly this year. The defence has been very opportunistic. They've played well, but they do have to tighten up the amount of yards they're giving up because you can't, you know, you know, turnovers in the NFL, you can't guarantee them. They can sometimes be a degree of luck to them. You know, quarterback gives them to you or whatever, but you can't just consistently keep giving up these yards time after time and, you know, hope for the bend, not break. You know, sometimes you need that, but we need to be forcing a few more three and outs, you know, a few mm. more sacks, just trying to sort of peg teams back a bit. But the one thing I want to just touch on just quickly that I think the Bengals have got to figure out in some way. I know is, what you're going to say here. Well, it's the run game. I mean, oh they, no, I didn't expect that actually. Because the run game. You tweeted something last night about the tight ends. But... Well, no, and I think that's the thing as well. But I don't think you know. I don't think that's costing them. No, you know, no. it, like the game. Like I think there's a lack of talent at the position at tight end, and it, you know, I think they're trying to force you know some of these guys open and trying to sort of you know work. But they, with they them just came out. Involved. You know, the Bills. That you know, Irv got a touchdown. Drew scored a touchdown. And Jenner and you know Hudson caught some good balls yesterday as well as well as uh, during the Bills. So I think they have stepped up in the time. But anyway, think, you I think they're about... trying to scheme them in more. And I think that, you know, yeah. Burrow's working with what he's got. I just think if you had someone at that position, like a Hunter Henry, Sam Laporta, you know, someone like a decent time, I'm not saying a Travis Kelsey, but someone like, you know, sort of yeah. a good tight end around the league, I think you'd notice the difference quite a lot. But the run game for me at the moment is just something that, I think you've got to look at it. I mean, we're dead last in terms of yards per game. We're dead last in rushing attempts. We're bottom five in terms of yards per rush. You know, I know the Bengals, they want to just turn up. They want to throw the ball. They want to give it to Joe Burrow. He's your best player. And that's fine. You know, I get that. You know, we're always going to be a pass-first team. That's what the NFL is now. That's why you're paying Joe Burrow what you're paying him. But it just feels at times wildly unbalanced in terms of, mm. you know, how they're performing. And I think if you're a defense, you know what's coming. You know, it becomes slightly easier for them to to predict that. And I don't think anyone's that worried about Joe Mixon, you know, tearing anything off. I don't think they're worried about, you know, no disrespect to Joe. I think he's a good running back. I think he's played fairly well. He's just not getting many touches. And I don't think people are that 
bothered that like a Jameer Gibbs or, you know, one of these speedster running backs that can just break one off and you've got to kind of always know where he is. I just don't think teams give him that level of respect. And I don't think he's had a 100-yard rushing game this year. You know, he's on pace for probably less than 1,000 yards, you know, and he's the sole carrier. You know, you're not getting anyone else involved. Yeah, no touches for Travion yesterday. No, yeah, I mean, Chase crazy. Brown's injured as well at the moment. Yeah, no, I agree. And you just look at what a an explosive running game can do. It just well, you puts... look at the Ravens. Like they're they're yeah, averaging yeah, yeah. more than double, Keaton, more than double the yards per game that Keaton, we are. And Keaton Mitchell comes yeah. out of nowhere. I mean, yesterday you look at yeah. what an effective run game can do. You it puts your opponent on their heels because they don't know what's next. And and of course, um, C.J. Stroud reaps the benefits really because he's obviously a really talented quarterback and. Um, but certainly, you know, Devin uh, Singletree got 30 touches yesterday because um, we didn't shut the run game down, you know, for whatever reason. Um, well, I did, the other the other thing just to add to that statistically is like you look at longest rushes in the of the season by team. Our longest rush again is joint second bottom in the NFL, twenty two yards, and I just think that underpins that we don't have that speedster at the position that's going to you know rip one off. You don't have that like arcane for Miami who was running riot before his injury, and mm. you know people like Gibbs, Chubb, you know those sort of like you know McCaffreys of the world that yeah, are going to yeah. you know really sort of carve you up and. You know, Maybe that's the priority for next year. Someone get in. in. Uh, I mean, mind you, the last person. You know, remember when everyone said, "Oh, we're a slow team. We need to get someone on quick." We got. Uh, I think that's very true. We got John Ross, and um, so again, it's all about picking the right person. Um, Nathan, we've got a lot of correspondences. Shall we get to them? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's start with Simon Hunter at Simon Hunter underscore. Okay, this is. I'm going to read it out, but I'm, I'm a bit uncomfortable reading this out. No, not words, just admiration and pride for Paul's efforts over the past few weeks. You've done the UK fan base proud. We've had highs and lows over the past two weeks, but I still believe in this team and its fan base to have a great end to the season. Well, thank you, Simon. And um, and I, yeah, I mean, it's no, not panic just yet, but the fact is we need to figure it out quite quickly, I think. Um, slam dunk, slam dunk the funk. Solid end. Frustration, as we were simply not good enough. Two turnovers early on, which we didn't capitalise on. First and second quarter on O was woeful after the first drive. Missed tackles, drop catches cost us dearly. Upwards and onwards, big game on Thursday, and if we win, that creamy gorgonzola time. Well, speak for yourself, Duncan, you filthy animal. Um, <laughs> you keep your, your creamy, creamy gorgs to yourself. Um, right, um... Andrew Dockerell, not good enough, but a long way to go. Uh, he's at Dockers 77. Would have made the division title a lot more likely, though. This game, These next two games are huge. Agreed. Jamie at Trequart Beaster, we came up against a very good team, basically. Against good teams, you can't have your defence constantly out there getting tired. We absolutely should have won it, though. And that was the crazy thing about this game. We were outplayed for most of it. We had absolutely no right to win it. And yet, we were a dropped pass away from taking the lead and potentially winning that game. So, uh, Sports with Strawberry Eyes at Jeff A. Trenopole. Uh, now, solid handle. Oh yeah, Jeff. Uh, Jeff, of course. I think he's the hardest working podcaster in Bengaldom. Uh, of course, it's Cincinnati Sports with Strawberry Eyes. I was very lucky to meet him 
out in Cincinnati. That was really cool to, to, to say hello. Our defence could not stop the Texans' offence. We made them punted uh, the ball once they scored almost every time. I agree. Bianca Verde. Bianca Verde. Solid end. Multiple back-to-back punts. OL getting abused. Too many sacks. Two interceptions. Getting gouged on the ground. No, all right, Bianca Verde. We know, we know. Credit to Houston, he says. Agreed. Um... Michael Smith at conniving underscore crow. Solid handle. There are three certainties in life. Death, taxes, and the Bengals shitting the bed. I don't know. I think that's unfair. We still have to, you know, look at where this team has been the past couple of years. You're not going to win every game. It's too It's it's too difficult to do that. Uh, and You know, yes, they shit the bed yesterday. But, you know, I, I'm the way they've been for the past couple of years... Um, I don't think you can say that, can you? You can't say that, can you? No, 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 not at all. I mean, that's just a lot, you know, like, I think you, the Bengals didn't do very well yesterday. You lose a game by three points. I think, you know, one of the previous correspondences is bang on. I think you do have to just give a bit of credit to the Texans. You know, that's an extraordinary win for them. That's one that, you know, one of the biggest wins they've had for a number of years, I would have thought, you know, um, away from home against us. That, that That's all it is. It's not, that's not a big letdown moment in a big moment. It's just a poor loss. Ken Troop at Super Trooper 64. Um, so frustrating. Didn't play well enough to win, but somehow should have won. Under two minutes, goal to go. Surely do the basics and run the ball in that situation. I couldn't agree more with that. I, I just thought that I think it was about a minute and 40 left. Oh, no, that was that. Was, I was terrible. I don't have much hair left. Because um, e- even, even if you score on first down, first and goal, fine, you go up by four points, excellent, you're in a good position. But they've got two timeouts and a minute and a half left, you know, and they've been carving you up all game. You're still giving them a really good go at it. You know, they're not going to run out of time with a minute and a half and two timeouts. I just did. It was a very obvious, you know, situation there. I know they want to be aggressive and potentially catch Houston out, but but you just run the ball a couple of times there, force them to use their timeouts, and then, you know, play for overtime. You're at home, you you know, you've just got a lot of big momentum to come back and get, you know, into that game. I just thought that there were some very questionable play calls there, almost almost trying to sort of, I don't know, because the thing with Zach is you always criticise him for being too conservative, and then you know, the next thing you're sort of criticising him for being a bit aggressive. But I do think they're... That you probably you know the natural thing was to at least yeah. run it once or twice. And, and it's, it, it's the easiest. It's like the easiest fullback criticism in the world, isn't it? Oh, Zach's play calling. That's what. Cost yeah, us. no, I agree. I but agree. I think on this time, I don't think it cost us the game in in this in that sense. But I, I was like, what the hell is going on here? But anyway, you know, from a fan's perspective, I don't know shit. I'm just a fan, really. Um, they're the coaches. Sean at Shawnee one heard rumours that Noah Brown is just chilling, uh, still just chilling on the Paycor pitch, waiting to be covered. That's probably true. He's still there, wide open, no doubt. Uh, Rob Hill, that surely this season we look very similar. Uh, we look very similar to how we played early in the season, but this time with a good QB. No offence for ages and a defence spending too long on the field. Said it before, but we must sort out the run blocking. We won't win the division, but playoffs are very realistic. Agree, it's still not time for panic. Um, Simon Walker at Grass Bandits. Solid handle. Uh, love what Zach has done for the organisation, culture and the city, but if he if he called for pass plays on third and 18-yard line with two minutes left, I just don't get why you'd call that. Run, 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 field goal at worst. To let Texans have the last drive with scores level was criminal. There we go. Um, 
And he also says, I'm very much a win-together, lose-together kind of guy, but Nick Scott, sad face emoji. Poor old Nick, he had a tough time yesterday. Weirdly, having the best two games of his uh, Bengals career uh, the, the the two weeks before, I thought. But um, Pat Mibollocks at Pat Mibollocks. Um, we absolutely blew it. Those first and second down players at the death were ludicrous. We didn't deserve the win, though. Fair play to Houston. Uh, thank you, Scott. Pleasure to hang out with you on the trip as usual. Martin at Dorset Bengal. Being 1-4 and four against AFC teams is far from ideal. No chance with a tie-break situation. That means we need to win the division in all likelihood. Looks like the AFC has got itself another top draw QB in Stroud. That's a good point, isn't it? Stroud is now lining up against uh, your Lawrence's, your... Um, your Herbert, your your Mahomes, your Rogers, although he's not around this year, your Burrows, your Lamars, you know, goodness me, it's an absolute QB uh, paradise in the AFC at the moment, isn't it? It really is. I mean, he, he genuinely, I don't think he's, you can rule him out of the MVP conversation. I think that's a bit dramatic, but he has just been phenomenal um, over the last couple of weeks. So fair play to him. He seems like a nice young lad as well. Uh-huh. Alex Costa, Alex Costa's 93, another another trip attendee, always good to hang out with Alex, very nice young man. Um, uh, pass rush is woeful if Trey doesn't go blackout mode. It has to be a point of necessity in either free agency or the draft. I think Joe Goodbar is saying that we could do with some more interior push. Um, it's just a shame that Osai hasn't come on. I really did expect him to play with a massive chip on his shoulder. Uh, this year after what happened in the AFC Championship game last year but he hasn't really kicked into life this year I don't think and we're getting steady progression from Miles Murphy but nothing like you know he needs to really kick himself in the arse and uh, if you can do that um, can you do that can you ever you, you kick yourself in the arse before probably not no I don't think um, so yeah um, one of the things although I tell you if T leaves uh, tea leaves not like as in leaves at the bottom of a teacup but if T leaves the team you know in free agency this year and doesn't resign then I think you know getting some some uh, you know quite a decent wide receiver in the draft is also a priority this year well I think because Boyd's going to go anyway isn't he and I, yep. I think I think you know realistically for the Bengals I think they'll try and franchise tag T yep. um so you'd hope for that to have him back for next season at least. And I think if you were to go and get a speedy receiver, like the focus being speed um, in the first couple of rounds, you know, you'd hope that person could make a make a difference. Because I do think that's the one thing this offense misses at the moment is a real sort of burner down the field. And you see what Miami are doing with that. And yeah, it yeah. can be very effective. Sam Reeve, uh, Johnny Prong. Uh, Solid handle. Played bad. Probably should have should lose based on that performance. But if you have a chance to win... At the end of the fourth, you've got to take it. Bookies don't lie. We were 70% likely to win and should have sealed the deal. Got to win next game. Basically, we had a 70% win rate when we when CTB intercepted the ball and was down inside the five. Um, and then I think when we hit a field goal, we were 40% or something. I don't know, whatever. Who cares? I think, no, no, no. It was, it was 70% when Tyler Boyd ran down to the five-yard well, Yeah, that line. was extraordinary because Tyler Boyd had a... I mean, he got over... It was a 100-yard game and he had that, like you say, that kind of... Uh, that yak play that he... 
I wouldn't say speeded down the sideline, but amazing. You never see Tyler Boyd do that, right? You never see him catch the ball and then scarper. He's always a pretty reliable over the middle sort of guy um, that moves the chain. So to see him have that big play was great. Um, Richard Hague at Hagee, 75. Whenever Stroud started scrambling to escape pressure, all he did was look downfield for Noah Brown. It became obvious to me watching before Stroud even threw the ball where it was going to end up. But the Bengals' D never cottoned on. Incredibly naive. Well, yeah. I mean, there's nothing to add to that, really. Um, Obviously, Brown was Stroud's go-to guy. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Daniel Isom at Soldier's Limb, 11.93. First time caller, I think. Daniel, welcome. We need to address, we need to address the, uh, the deficiencies on the team, but we keep winning, so we don't address them. Play calling is questionable. I love Joe Mixon, but we need an upgrade at running back. We need a three-tech, and we need the OC to be the OC. Uh, Zach needs to give up the play calling. Um Whole... Just, just, just quickly on that, right? Because I'm not—I've not got a particular opinion on that. But it, every, like you said before, and that's a good point. Every time we lose, that gets kicked about, and I, I don't, you know, really have a strong opinion on it because I don't know who knows more, you know, Callahan or Zach. You know, who's the, you know, you don't know the, you know, you don't know what Callahan's capabilities are in some ways. Apparently, he's not calling the plays. But well, what are your thoughts on it? Because it gets kicked around so often. I don't think we ever really give it any attention. But what, do you have an opinion on it? Um. I keep going back to the fact that we've just, in the past two years, we've been to the Super Bowl and been to the AFC Championship game. And, you know, I think every team can call into question their offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator. That's what sports fans do. But I just keep looking back to his record in the past two seasons. And you can kind of say, well, we shouldn't have done a shovel pass, you know, first and goal on the, you know, down in Baltimore last year. We, we played these, we played this, um, this sort of series, offensive uh, series inside the five at the death there pretty badly. So, you know, you can point to, to Zach sometimes, but I just keep going back to the record. He's got us to a Super Bowl and an AFC Championship game while calling the plays. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and he's not perfect. I don't think anybody is. But, um, you know, when we're winning games, people are like, oh my God, that was a beautifully designed play, fantastic, blah, blah, blah. And when we're not, it's it's he's an easy target, basically. Um, I don't know. It seems to be working to me, but um, without, but not without, you know, kind of... Uh, he's not immune to criticism, I don't think, and not, neither should he be. But I just keep going back to the record. Every time you have a go at him, it's like, well, he's he's got to the Super Bowl and AFC Championship. Now, if he... You know, if we don't qualify the, for the playoffs in the next couple of three years, then then you can start having a grumble. You know what I mean? A serious grumble that's warranted. Um, but at the moment, you know, we're still five and four. Um, I don't know. To me, he's a bit of an easy target, you know. Um, uh, but no one's having to go at Lou too much, are they? You know, so... And they had a shocker yesterday. Um what do you think? Have you got an opinion on this? You said you haven't, but you must have some little thing. I, I think it's really hard to say because, you know, 
is that does that mean that Brian Callahan's kind of immune from this criticism? Because I can't believe as much as Zach might call the plays, they'll work together on them. They'll both be in cahoots. Yeah, on and them. he's they'll up in the booth saying, telling Zach it, what exactly, he can exactly. So it's like you're kind of handing you know the keys to someone who's you know already there. The only argument I think you could potentially argue, you know say is that it gives Zach Taylor more time to you know think about coaching the game and do you know what I mean? Doing sort of why the head coaches do that don't call the plays. It might free up a bit of headspace for him, but you know. The question with Brian Callahan is it's hard to know how good he is. He's never been an yeah, offensive no, coordinator agree, around the league before. And, you know, he's, we've got, no, we can't judge him on. He's just been quarterbacks coaches wherever he's been before. So I think to just, you know, turn around and say, oh, he's going to, you know, like you said, you know, it's not just Zach calling the plays that's got us to, um, you know, the two Super Bowls. It's like various, you know, it's very much a team effort. But of course, I don't but, think you, you can know. point at Callahan and say, well, yeah, he's going to be so much better. And every play we're going to be doing end arounds and flea flickers and, you know all this crazy stuff, and the run game is going to get you know get kickstarted again. I don't think by any means it's that that simple. You know, I think there's an argument at the end of the season if we have a you know really poor finish and the offense just doesn't look that good that you might need to think about a change there. But for now, I, I don't think it's you know I think you just got to run with it, and that, that is what it is. You know, very good. Um, right, um, Holmes at Holmes three. Um, even though we're all disappointed after a heart-wrenching loss, we must be reminded that this team has had a record of 5-4 and four the last two seasons. It won't be easy, but with Joe Burrow at the helm, I believe this is the time the Bengals will begin to play their best football. There you go. That's a nice positive tweet, isn't it? I, you know. uh, You've got to hope so. Yeah, John Ward, John Ward 31. Hello, John. Offense glaring issues of no real running game. O-line getting battered. Defense not able to bail us out and regressing. Ludini must have left his magic hat at home. Um, that said, we almost won when we had no right to. Scared for Thursday now, though. Yeah, me too. Um, Baltimore are pretty legit, I think, even though they lost yesterday. Um, David G. David G. K. G. Um... Bengals been making mistake, mistakes in their wins too. Caught up with him last night. Hard to see where five more wins uh, minimum come from if they are injury restricted for the rest of the season. Don't need a win this week, but definitely a good overall performance needed. Um, Mike Shiesty at Mike underscore Shiesty 11. Solid handle. We got outplayed in our home stadium, plain and simple, onto Baltimore. You see, I think that that's basically it. We just got out play, and uh, it would have been a very short podcast if we'd have just uh, focused on that. Really, um, uh, oh, Lee Campbell at Campbell seventy five L. Now check this out for a metaphor. I like the way Lee's Lee's. I like the cut of Lee's jib here. I agree that those little glass chips that we've shown in the past four weeks became roaring great cracks in our windscreens yesterday how about that feels like a lot of issues to sort out lack of tackling giving up explosives and a more balanced offense that doesn't sputter after first drive atop for me um tom lawrence tommy jalapeno solid handle hope you well chaps question what's our final record going to be at the end of the season 10 and 7 <sighs> Yeah, I might be with you on that one. We're just at the moment very inconsistent, and 
you got such a hard schedule as well. I mean, yeah. there's you know, there's no one on that schedule that you you might have looked at the Vikings a couple of weeks ago with Cousins going down, but they look red hot at the moment. The Colts is your only easy game, I think. That, that's the only one that you'd say, you know, you fancy yourself definitely to win. The rest of them are, you know, very challenging games that you get. I, I, I think you could get more. Don't get me wrong. I think you could easily win eleven or twelve games, but. Yeah, you you got to start playing very quickly at the moment, especially looking at the AFC. Um, yeah, Andrew at Panderich nine two o one. I was there, Paul. It was really really poor. The crowd did their best to stick with it, but it was a really poor execution. A few deep balls and a couple of big yardage plays almost saved us from a disappointing performance. The play calling needs to change ASAP. Uh, Andrew was there in Cincinnati when we were all there. Um, so it was good to meet you, Andrew. Um, hope you enjoy your trip. Um, can, I, can I give you a conspiracy theory, Sam? Yes, of course. That I read on Twitter in relation to the play calling from Andrew's comment. I saw someone say maybe yesterday they think that the Bengals didn't um, put their full offensive capabilities on show in terms of the plays to not give it away on tape to the Ravens because they're saving it for Thursday night, which wow. is an interesting thought process. I don't really know quite how these things work, but it's certainly this, you know, it's an intriguing one, isn't it? That they're sort of holding some stuff back. Maybe, yeah. I mean, I'd be surprised if they did. I mean, they've got to win each game, really. And if they, yeah. and if they didn't, I bet they're bloody kicking themselves. Um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, last line of defence at Kieran underscore Barmer. Uh, Houston is a pretty good team and I must say watch out for Houston there if they continue to play there like this they could have a sniff of winning that division that'd be something wouldn't it um, but Kieran goes on to say uh, struggles on O-line and D-line continue to cause problems can't concede so many yards on D or struggle to win the ball this badly I know and expect to win pass rush needs serious upgrade Offensive play calling remains suspect. There's the offensive play calling again. Um, and finally, disorderly conduct at See Me, the Real DC. <laughs> That's got to be a solid handle, that has. See Me, the Real DC. Solid handle. There you go. Too many mistakes. Uh, poor blocking up front. Too many drop passes. Too many three and outs. And unfortunately, the defence got stuck footing the bill for the bad offensive production. We've been there before, to be honest, haven't we, really? Let's face it. The D, yeah, I agree. The, the D was on the field way too long. You shouldn't lose games you win in the turnover battle. It's also a really good point. I mean, we we out-turnovered them, didn't we, really? We, we so, lead the league in turnover, like, um, you know, net turnovers. I think isn't isn't Cam Taylor-Britt, he's either, he's either top three in interceptions or something yeah, like that. He's I think a so, great, yeah, yeah, yeah. Incredible, really. Anyway, thank you so much for all your correspondence. We are, of course, uh, on Twitter at whoday underscore UK, and we are also on Facebook, uh, Bengals UK, so do keep in touch with us. It's a short week this week. It's uh, we do play the Ravens on Thursday night. Let me just see what time kickoff is for. Um, one fifteen a.m. One fifteen a.m. for UK viewers. A um, uh, bit of a late one, and uh, yeah, and then we've got uh, the Steelers at home, the Jaguars away on Monday night, the fifth of December. Bengals Colts on the 10th Bengals Vikings on the 17th and then it's Steelers away Chiefs away and we finish off with the Browns in January so tough 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 but uh, let's see how they do next week thoughts on the Ravens game um, I think it's going to be really difficult but they know what they've got to do and 
This team seems to be much better when their backs are against the wall, I think. Yeah, I mean, I'm terrified, really. Uh, you know, I think the one thing that keeps the Ravens in check has been Trey Hendrickson and um, Sam Hubbard doing a good job with speedy quarterbacks or keeping them, you know, penned in and doing a bit of work on running them down. I just think if you give Lamar Jackson too much time, um, he's going to make you pay. And this new lad they've got uh, running back, the Ravens, seems particularly quick as well. They've got a better, you know, Odell Beckham's playing a bit better at the moment. Their defence is probably the best in football um, if not second to the Browns yeah, it, it's going to have to come together pretty quickly um, on piece, one of those games on paper and the game's not one on paper but looking at how we're playing at the moment, the ups and downs, the people that are out and looking at how they're doing I mean their, their offence is a bit stop start as well you know they lost to the Browns yesterday but mm it's going to be a hell of a challenge for us. And I think if we do lose that, you, you're really backing yourself into a corner for the rest of the season. Yeah, I think from everything that I saw a few locker room into, I think Mike Hilton was really honest and said, look, if we play like that against Baltimore, we are going to get our asses whooped. Yeah, And I yeah. think that's a fair comment. Yeah, um, I think, I think it, from what I've been reading and hearing, yesterday's game hopefully giving them a real kick at the arse they know they can't play that badly again um, and again trouble is once you have such a poor start like we have in the past couple of years to be honest the 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 margin for error now is so slim yeah. now we've come through that miraculously the past two years um, it is asking a lot to do it three years in a row from five and four it's not impossible there's bags of talent on this team yeah. Um and it starts this week. We we always play Baltimore tough. We do. Uh I think We're we... always a good underdog as well. You look at Joe yeah. Burrow's record as an underdog and it is fantastic. You know, I don't think many people gave us a chance at the 49ers and they played lights out. So you got to hope that you know, they they know they're competitors. They know the season's, you know, more or less on the line in that Ravens game. So I think they you've got to back that they're going to go in there they know what they're doing they know the significance of it um and i i i'm terrified by it because i just i don't know how we're going to stop the ravens offense but you know certainly offensively i think joe boy will know that he's got to play better than he did against the texans yeah and um, you know there's a possibility that team might be not that might not be there there's a possibility that i i think you i mean apparently trey hendrickson will wait to find more we're recording this on the 13th of november um Trey hyperextended his knee so he's going for an MRI hopefully it's just superficial damage but it's unlikely that he's going to be around no. for this Thursday let's hope Hubbard is back because those are three key players and if you're without your you know your two starting defensive ends then that's going to be tough it's going to be like you're going to have to say to Miles Murphy come on yeah. now this is your time yeah. you've got to do yeah. it your first round pick you're not first round pick for nothing you know um, yeah. Osai has got to come in and also you know I don't know it's going to be tricky isn't it but um, I'm putting, I'm going to put it down as a loss but I just hope that they come out and give them a good game you know and uh, and then we have to get going we have to scoot we have to beat the Steelers twice we have to beat Jacksonville in Jacksonville which isn't an impossibility we have to beat the Colts at home we have to beat the game that you're going to the Vikings at home um, which again not not impossible tasks but you know something's got to happen quickly and um, 
the season is in the balance yet again, I think. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you're, you're this, what is there, eight games to go? Um, you're saying five of them gets us to 10 and seven. I think someone made a really good point earlier about the AFC records, probably not going to do you any favours in tiebreakers, and there'll probably be a couple of other teams knocking around that. But I, I think this team, you know, if you go six and two, you can afford yourself two losses. And say those two losses are to the Ravens and then the Chiefs, both on the road, both, you know, yeah. in theory, the most difficult games. I don't think it's an impossible task to around and say, well, the Steelers at home, you really fancy yourself in that. The Jags away, Jags are a bit up and down. I think we can win that. Colts at home, you should win. Vikings at home, I think you probably should win. Steelers away, you're going to have to step up and play a good game in that. But again, I think you should win it. Browns at home, you know, final game to get what in. I think price, we can win that. What price, right? That last game against the Browns, that could be like some sort of playoff eliminator. No, I agree. And you I, win the, and you're in. I think that's a real possibility. If we if we can if we can pick up some wins, if we don't go downhill after this game, um if we can keep chipping in there, keep digging in, keep sticking with it, still just just in that picture, then you know, who knows what can happen. I, I do think for the Bengals that that game yesterday, not to just pour a load of salt in the wound before we go, but I, it's a bit like the Steelers game last year. I think it's going to be one you look back on at the end of the season and say that's one we, we should have won. We had an opportunity at the end to win it. We didn't really deserve to win it, but that's fine margins. And I think a win there, an AFC win, um, would have made things look a lot rosier being 6-3 and three now with that schedule coming up. And we probably based on the team that we know we are it will come down to fine margins as to you know playoff seedings this that the other whether we get in or not and I just think that's one of those games they're going to look back on and really regret at the end of the season but I hope I'm wrong I hope they run the table and you know go 8-0 and blow them away and you know are they're, the capable. they're capable they're capable they are like, you can't you know that after out. that Bills you know. game yep. t- you know yep. four in a row I mean they're capable of doing it so we'll yep. see listen uh, thanks guys thanks so much for listening we'll be back next week to uh, discuss the race game um, let's see what else we can dredge up look out for news of a meetup coming up in the next couple of weeks so um, yeah should be putting that out on social media at whoday underscore UK and Bengals UK on Facebook until then though it is a whoday from me and a whoday from me cheers guys
And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.